too many times that's what happens and that's why so many franchises fail the whole system fails that's why we created franchise titan that's what we're doing we're trying to be proactive on the front side if the legislature isn't going to do it if the ftc isn't going to do it if the franchise professionals the attorneys and the franchise development firms aren't going to do it well then by god we're going to do it you are listening to the infinite franchisee show I am your host, April Porter. I am a franchisee empire building strategist, creator of the Infinite Franchisee Program, attorney, and an award-winning multi-unit franchisee on a mission to fill the gap between the franchise model and the executive level strategies you need to increase profits, build a team, and scale into multiple locations. Here, we connect every franchisee to infinite possibilities. Hey everybody, welcome to our Wednesday live show. And today we're talking about why franchise systems fail. Now, most of you know that we've started our company really serving franchisees, helping them fill that gap between the business model and all of those strategies that are unknown to them, the ones that are gonna help them get out of an employee mindset and into that mindset of an entrepreneur, those strategies that are going to allow them to leave the daily tasks to their employees so that they can focus on growth and they can expand into multiple units. So that's how we help franchisees. But many times the franchisees that find their way to us, that we talk to on a daily basis, are the ones who are really struggling in a failing system. So we've been able to identify the commonalities between these franchise systems and see that it's really not rocket science and figuring out why these things are failing. It's actually makes a lot of sense when you take three steps back and you look at the overall problems that the system faces. Now, generally what happens is that an emerging franchise or comes on the scene And they are so excited and they have a lot of energy. And usually the franchisor is a great salesperson, right? And they have this model that's been working really well for them. And they have discovery days and and all these things. And everyone's excited. Everyone has rose-colored glasses on. Everyone believes they're going to be a major success. And these franchisees start signing up and everything's good in the beginning. And many times a franchisor, though, is still building the plane as they fly it on the franchise side. And so when that happens, it happens because the franchisor jumped into franchise development early, earlier than I would suggest. And we're going to get back to what that looks like in just a second. But what that, what happens is that early franchisees that come in, they get to kind of be collaborative with the franchisor and they feel like part of the family. And then as the franchise grows, And as you start to get to 50, 100 franchises, you realize, oh, gosh, everybody's kind of doing this a little bit differently. Everybody's doing that a little bit differently. I might have four different versions of the franchise agreement and people on every different version or five or six different versions of the franchise agreement. And we got to do something to get everybody on the same page here. And so certain vendors may no longer work because you have too many locations. Certain processes may no longer work with people moving into multiple units. And so what ends up happening is that the franchisees get disgruntled with the franchisor. 
either because they don't feel supported any longer or they feel like they've moved beyond what the franchisor can tell them. And so that's when they start to go off the model. And once they start to go off the model, then the franchisor is upset with the franchisees and it's a snowballing effect. But what ends up happening is that there's total chaos in the system and it starts to fail. Now let's talk about why. So we traced it back and said, well, how does that happen? What is the origin of this problem? Well, rather than just explain it to you, I'm going to tell you a story because we just talked to a new franchisor, someone who's getting ready to become a franchisor last week. And we talked to incoming franchisors all the time. We'll, we'll tell you about that in a second. But this particular franchise, future franchisor has been in business for 10 years, has been in business supplying a product of their own making and using it in a service-based business, but they've been doing it inside somebody else's business. They haven't had their own storefront. They haven't had their own brand. They haven't had employees. They haven't had put systems in place. They are operating their business inside somebody else's bigger business for 10 years. And then they've also been selling these products to other businesses. So it's kind of like a distribution line. And they went and they talked to a franchising attorney because someone told them they should franchise. And the franchising attorney said, sure, all we have to do to franchise you is file your paperwork, but you need to have a business. You need to have a storefront. So the paperwork, meaning the FTD, the franchise agreement, are ready to be filed with the FTC. Meanwhile, this future franchisor is working with a franchise development person who's going to help them with their operations manual and their build-out manual. And they're going to help them do that so that they can start selling franchises for them. They're also going to help them sell franchises to new franchisees. This person doesn't have a storefront. They just signed a lease. They've never built out a location. They've never run the business as a standalone business. They will need to get their a CRM that they've never used before. They will need to have processes in place. They will need to figure out how to do lead generation, how to make sales. They have to figure all of this stuff out still. They haven't figured it out because they've never had a storefront location. But yet, by in just a few months, they will be selling franchises to franchisees. Is that a proven model? I would say no. No, it's not a proven model. Maybe the product is proven. People love your product, then distribute it, license the product. But this isn't a proven model. Now, here's where I have a problem. And this is why I believe, and my team, we strongly believe that the franchise system is broken. And this is really where it breaks down. Why is it that there are any franchise professionals that would file paperwork with the FTC and start selling and tell someone, tell someone, oh, you have such an amazing model. I'm going to start selling franchises for you. When they haven't even proven a single location will work. As a franchisee coming in, does that seem like a proven model? Of course not. There's nothing has been proven, but yet they will be able to sell franchises to probably close friends or the clients that absolutely love the way that they've provided the service to them in the past or their family. And so there will be franchisees to support. Will this franchisor be able to support franchisees when they're learning how to run a storefront business? No, no, they're going to be in the business figuring it out, working day in and day out on the operations and trying to build that plane. Franchisee calls up and says, hey, 
I just ran into an opportunity to do a convention, to set up at a convention and serve all these people. I could be serving 300 people in a weekend. How should I do that? Do you think the franchisor can answer that question? No, the franchisor is working on building their own business, figuring out how to run a single location. So this is what I'm saying. This is how it starts. It starts because there are no regulations in the franchising industry that stipulate what a proven model is. There are no regulations in the franchising industry that say who is qualified to help to develop a franchise, to do an operations manual, to do a build-out manual, to sell franchises on behalf of a franchise that's never had a location. Those types of things are what we need in place. Right now, I know the legislature is working on some, on a couple of bills that are addressing things on the back end. They're addressing on what happens if franchisees have to default on their SBA loan, the franchisor should be held responsible for that. That's great. And that's a really good measure, but it's a reactionary measure that comes in and tries to punish someone after a franchisee has completely lost their livelihood. Livelihood. They might've lost their house. They might be filing bankruptcy. I mean, punishment of the franchisor is great at that point, but what about that franchisee? It's a pet peeve of mine to always be reactionary. Let's be proactive. Let's start to talk about what should the franchising industry look like on the front end? How do we prove a model is proven? What are the criteria to show a model is proven? How many locations should a franchisor have to have to before they could say someone else could run multiple locations? I was talking to someone who potentially wants to franchise. They have multiple businesses. They have one here. It's in my hometown. It's a small bakery and it's absolutely wonderful. And they kill it. Everyone in this town goes there for Sunday morning breakfast, gets treats, you know, on Friday afternoons. It's wonderful. And they do really, really well, but they have a single location. Now, this isn't the business that I was talking about franchising, but this is an example. If they wanted to franchise that single location without having multiple locations tested in other geographic areas, we have no idea if that model would work outside of a town of 12,000 people. It works here because it's a small town and because we don't really have a whole lot of restaurants to choose from. So if they sell a bunch of franchises, again, they're not free. I know some of you watching might know the bakery I'm talking about. They're not looking to franchise, but I'm using them as an example. If they would decide to franchise and they put their second location with their first franchisee, in a metropolis, is it going to perform the same? We have no idea. No idea. So that's what we need to be thinking about. And we need to be setting up these franchisees, these franchisors for success. So there's two problems. There's two problems. One, the initial concept may not be proven. If it's proven, it may not actually have the duplicatable processes and procedures in it so that it can be franchised. Many of the people who are ready to franchise their businesses are still working behind the counter of their business every day. So that's problem number one. 
Problem number two is that once they become a franchisor, they are no longer responsible for working in that business or even growing that location. They are responsible for becoming a franchisor, which is an entirely new business entity, an entirely new business model with entirely new responsibilities. And no one is teaching them how to become franchisors. So we're not helping them get their business in shape to be duplicatable, and we're not helping them learn how to be franchisors. But then we're signing franchisees up. We're having them roll over their 401ks so that they can buy a franchise and invest in this idea. We're having them do a second mortgage on their homes or put their life savings into somebody else's dream. That's why this industry is broken. Too many times that's what happens. And that's why so many franchises fail. The whole system fails. So that's what we know after talking to hundreds of franchisees and dozens and dozens of franchisors. And so that's why we created Franchise Titan. That's what we're doing. We're trying to be proactive on the front side. If the legislature isn't going to do it, if the FTC isn't going to do it, if the franchise professionals, the attorneys and the franchise development firms aren't going to do it, well, then by God, we're going to do it. So we have created Franchise Titan. And in Franchise Titan, anyone who wants to franchise their business, we will mentor them, do their consulting with them, coach them, and help them make sure their model is proven and that it is airtight on the processes and procedures so that any franchisee could pick it up and run with it and then teach them how to be a franchisor, help them create that other entity, help them learn what their responsibilities are as a franchisor and how to pour into their franchisees so those franchisees can be successful and will be successful. That's what we believe is the future of franchising. And we are here to bring it. So if you're looking to franchise your business, of course, call us. You know, if you want to talk about this more, let's talk about it, right? Let's have a Zoom and let's get some of these franchising people on the line and have a real discussion about this as a solution to what happens too often in this industry, which is people getting taken advantage of. So if you're up for that, put it in the comments and we will invite you to just a Zoom chat session just to collaborate with minds who believe like this, who want to see change and who want to see everyone in the franchising industry succeed. All right. All right. So that's it for today. We hope that you stick with us and you join us next time. And of course, if you have any questions in between, just ask April Porter. Thank you for setting aside time to grow your business and mindset with me today. Every franchisee has a dream to achieve sanity, wealth, and gratitude. And I created this podcast to help you do just that. So if you loved what we covered and you know someone who could benefit from it, I would be honored if you would share it with them. Between now and next time, don't you dare settle for anything less than infinite success.